there does have to be a shift in how you relate to people. It just can't stay the same from when you are single with your family to when you're married. It won't be the same. Hey there, and welcome to Marriage Talks, a real authentic and relatable podcast about how to thrive in your marriage. Here you will find helpful information shaped by a biblical worldview on all things marriage related, sex, money, parenting, and so much more. We are Michael and Elizabeth and welcome to our show. Welcome to the show. I'm excited today because we're answering a specific listener question, which is great. But before we get into it, we do want to let you know that today's content is sponsored by the Marriage Talks Patreon page. There are lots of great things to take advantage of if you be, if you become a part of our community and you also further the ministry of Marriage Talks, which really means the world to us. So love for you to check it out. The link is in the show notes. And on to our listener question. Wait, you got to tell the people to rate and review. Oh, and so <laughs> rate and review us. Uh, you can find us on the iTunes store. And uh, yeah, we love and do it. Yeah. Five stars, baby. <laughs> Get us on the top of the relationships charts. It means the world to us, and we read all of them. So thank you. If yeah. you've done it, and if you haven't, make sure you do it. Okay, all right, so now, now, now it's time for our it. listener questions. So <laughs> as we always say, like, hey, we have an email. We uh, love to get these you know, DMs and private messages. If you have something in your life that you just want to hear us talk about or just kind of discuss on the show, hit us up. So someone finally did. Well, it's not our first one. We actually have a pretty good number of them. Yeah. But um, so we were really excited to tackle this question. We got yes. this one earlier today. and we're gonna... No, we got it a little while ago. We just haven't been able to tackle it yet. Okay. We did not get it earlier today. But that was my fault. That's when I found out about it. <laughs> <laughs> that was my fault. I did not communicate it to you earlier. Okay. So Man, we talk about communication a lot. I know. And See, we're not perfect. <laughs> you missed it. We're not perfect. All right. So enough dragging you guys along. So here's the question. How do you mesh being 100% present as a wife and a daughter? So yes. Super important question. Yeah, I this think is a everybody deals one. with that in some way or another. Yeah. And we're also just, you know, you hear the question wife and daughter. We're also, Michael is going to be sharing from um, husband, son, perspective. So this is across the board if you're married and you have parents. So this is not just specific to females. Yeah. All right. So we always like to pull in. We don't want to just come out here and preach at you guys and go through 15 bullet points of how to be present, blah, blah, blah. This is what we read on the internet and this is what we found in a textbook. But we like to pull this into some of our own personal stories. I think that helps a lot mm. because you know we've been through a lot of this stuff. We've tackled some of these issues. So um, why don't you go ahead and share your kind of experience first? Yeah. So this was, this was kind of a difficult thing for me. I'm very close to my family, especially my parents. And it was difficult at first to kind of shift my like impulses or thoughts. And what I mean by that is like, if I got some sort of news or I found something out, my impulse is to tell my parents, like my gut reaction is to go to tell them. Cause this is what I've done for what, 24 years we got married when I was 24. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I had basically ingrained in me. And so that's why it was a bit of a transition for me 
in particular. And once we got married, I really had to be aware that I was doing that. Like I would get some news at work and then I'd be like, oh, I got to call my mom. And then I'd be like right in the middle of dialing and be like, no, I don't. (laughs) I need to talk to Michael first. And I know for some people that some marriages that may not bother you, but for us, we really, really believe that when you prioritize your spouse, that means that you go to them first with anything. So when we talk about going to, like when I say I'm going to Michael first, I'm not necessarily talking about like my relationship with the Lord, like submitting things to prayer and stuff like that, but just like any kind of like, like news. Yeah. Normal everyday stuff that's going on. But I really had to be aware that I had these habits that I needed to change. I really had to be intentional about prioritizing Michael and making him first. He he just had to be the first choice for everything. If anyone in my family may have said something remotely negative, like it's not okay for me to agree with my family. I need to stick up for my spouse. I need to stick up for Michael. That's and vice versa. Yeah. That's like never, never letting your spouse lose face in front of other yeah. people is super important. Yeah. Part of this. So if, if you ever have that happen and you actually do agree with what's being said, it's important to like have that discussion in private. Oh, for sure. It it would never be okay for me to go like, yeah, you know what? He did really mess up on this and I agree with you. And that was the terrible thing. It is like, no, if I agreed with them on, on whatever it was that is being talked about. So like, you know what? I really don't feel comfortable having this conversation with you. And I would like for us to move on to something else. And then that's when I can go to Michael and talk to him and let him know whatever it is. You know, you fill in the blank. But I had to be very, very intentional about that because I have such a close relationship with my siblings and my parents. And that was hard. It was, I mean, it's it's reversing 24 years of what you've been taught to do, basically. And that's really, really difficult, um, especially if you're close with your family. It's not an easy thing to do. And we didn't do a whole lot right when we were first married, um, mm-hmm. but we've made a lot of mistakes. But Michael was so gracious. You never once were like, you need to choose me. You need to like, I need to be first. You were just very gracious about it, which is super thankful for. But it was hard for me. Well, I know it's something that you, I also was able to see, like when I started dating you, it was like, well, she's really close with her parents. And at the time when I met you, you were still living at home mm. due to, you know, college costs and whatnot. I wasn't taken off guard by that. Oh my gosh, this woman tells her mom like everything. Like I knew that going in. So it wasn't a surprise, which is something to navigate a little bit more carefully. And it helps because, I mean, Elizabeth's parents are very down to earth and understanding and now that they have all adult children, you know, everybody's got a good relationship with them and stuff. So it's not like a weird interdependency kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, no. That would be really a lot, yeah. a lot harder <laughs> that would be to hard. manage. Yeah, for sure. We have healthy, open dialogue, I feel like. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Yeah. So for me in particular, I am a huge people pleaser, those of you guys who know me. So when I started to get to know Elizabeth and we were getting more serious. And of course, when we were engaged, it's like, you know, my priorities changed from, you know, making my mom happy more to like, I got to focus on, you know, we're building a life, me and Elizabeth are building a life together. So whenever there was any kind of a 
disagreement between like mom might have this idea and Elizabeth might have this idea. It's like, well, I'm, I'm with her, with Elizabeth. So it killed me during that first six months, a year and beyond to like do anything that irritated my mom. And I was like, it's really a, a kind of a new thing for me. Where it's just like, you know, when I was a kid and teenager, it's like, yeah, I do everything to make my parents happy. That was kind of my sole focus for a long time. And then, you know, of course, that's not your focus when you're when you're married and preparing to be married. So that was a very difficult transition for me. I had a hard time with the simple fact of like, I want to be 100% able to make my mom happy with every decision and 100% able to make Elizabeth happy with my decision. And guess what? That didn't work a whole lot. <laughs> In fact, I would just like, I feel like I would pull my hair out just trying to get it to, to work. And also just praying like, I hope they would agree on the same thing, you know, one time. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, it, it was just, it, it killed me during that first little bit. Yeah. And that's, that's really hard. Like I said before, like you've had years of it being ingrained, like you are, respect your parents and, and heed what, heed their wisdom and that's biblical and that's great. And then it's that transition of, okay, Genesis 2, 24, when man and wife become one, how do I do that? And it's sometimes there are situations where it's so difficult where you, you want to please everyone and you want everybody to be on the same page. And realistically, we're just not, um, every, because we're humans, we all have different opinions and expectations and the way we want things to go. And so being on the same page a hundred percent of the time is just not going to happen. Michael and I have been together for 13 years. We are not on the same page all the time. It just doesn't work that way because we're two different people. And so it's that balance of how do I respect the person that I quote, have to let down or give them some bad news, or I didn't agree with them. How do you respect them? And then also keep your priorities in check because it's really hard, especially if you're a people pleaser, like I'm not that way. And so it's, I can, I can say, you know, to Michael, I am so sorry that you are the one in the middle of this and that you have to handle this. But I am just like, if I feel convicted about something, I don't steamroll people, but I just say, this is what I feel like we're supposed to do. And I just leave it at that. Yeah. I was glad you brought it to the um, Genesis 2, 24, because that was what I was thinking about too. Yeah, that's our favorite verse, by the way. Well, my favorite verse, by the way. I think yours is a different one, but that's yeah, that's like my favorite verse. It's my favorite verse regarding marriage. Yeah. We like it so much we have it tattooed. Yes, we do. So the biggest thing, I think the overarching theme of this is just understanding that your role changes when you become a spouse. Mm. When you are a son or daughter, your your priorities are in loving the Lord, honoring the Lord. And part of that is through respecting and listening to and obeying your parents, your earthly father and your heavenly father, you know, kind of mimics that. But um, as a spouse, that changes a bit. You still should respect your elders, mm. respect your mom and dad. And that's the thing I don't want to get lost in any of this stuff. Yeah. Like prioritize your spouse, but don't, like you said, steamroll your mom and dad. Like there's like find a way to respect both at the same time, but you've got to, you've got to prioritize your spouse. Yeah. I love that you, you brought that up about parents and, 
and then your spouse, because the way you relate to people is just going to be different. The way you're going to relate to your parents is going to be a hard transition because you may not feel compelled to share everything with them anymore. You may feel like, you know, depending on what your situation is, you may feel like you need to withhold. You may feel like, wow, this relationship is getting better and better all the time and you want to share more. But then when you relate to your spouse, like Michael and I, like we love Genesis 224 so much because you become one with your spouse. I mean, it's not only physically, but spiritually, emotionally, like you are, they're your person and you're going through life with them. So aside from like pleasing the Lord and, and worshiping him and, and making sure that my relationship with the Lord is, is really well cared for. Like Michael is it, you know, he, he comes next in everything. And so there does have to be a shift in how you relate to people. It just can't stay the same from when you are single with your family to when you're married. It won't be the same. I have a great relationship with my family, but it is not the same as it was when I was single. It's just not because you have to protect your marriage. If, you know, before you're married, you really want to please your parents and you respect them and you love them and you're, you're doing things to please them and to make them happy. And there's nothing wrong with that. I just want to say that there's nothing wrong with that. But then when you get married and you and your spouse have decided, well, we're going to do some things different, whether it be like how your marriage is conducted, like, you know, going to church, being in a small group or how your kids are raised. And then your parents or your in-laws give an opinion about it. You can respect them and whatever that opinion might be and say, thank you for your input. We, you could, you know, it could be something to the, to the effect of like, we just don't really see it that way. We love that you care for us and you want the best for us. And that's why you're sharing your opinion. However, we're going to do it a little bit differently. Or you can just say, thank you so much for your opinion. And I love that you want the best for us. I will talk that over with my spouse. You know, so there is a way to graciously accept something that, you know, you may not agree with. Um, there is still a way to respect your parents and your in-laws um, without damaging the relationship. But there just has to be a change in in how you relate to people because you can't choose two groups of people. You can't choose your spouse and your parents or your in-laws. You can't do it. It doesn't work. We know from experience, <laughs> it doesn't work. Yeah. You're going to end up burning the candle at both ends. You'll go crazy. But yeah. It's not healthy. Yeah. It's not healthy at all. Well, it, when you were talking earlier, it reminded me of the, the entire like ceremonial part of the wedding where you walk down the aisle with your dad who was like caregiver or caretaker of your entire life. Like I'm trying to think of the right word, but he basically, he, you know, walks you down and he gives you away yeah. to your husband so who then takes that, that mantle from your dad and protects you, cares for you, mm. um, creates a safe place and all that kind of stuff. That's good. So it's very ceremonial. And there's a reason for that because that's now not your dad's job anymore. Your dad's always going to care for you and, and love you, obviously, but that's your husband's number one priority. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. I like that. Thanks. 
I was inspired. (laughs) So the next thing that we had to realize when we were kind of making this shift in like single to married was that we have limits. And so this is very closely related to what we were just talking about is like, you can't choose both. I'm, I'm only one person and I can't choose all the people to make all the people happy. (laughs) It just won't work. Cause like I said before, we're, we're different people and parents are different people and in-laws are different people. And we're not going to agree on everything all the time. And I think once, once you realize that it makes things a little bit easier because if, if I continue to believe the lie that everybody will agree on everything all the time. And then when they don't, and I'm disappointed, I get stressed out and I can't, you know, I can't go through life because nobody agrees and everybody's upset. It's just understanding that while the opinions of parents and and in-laws is not necessarily wrong, it's just not what you and your spouse have decided on together because that's what matters, right? So I'm only one person. Michael's only one person. You can't be everything to everyone. There's a big popular thing like, you can have it all. You can do it all. And that is a lie. <laughs> yeah, this warrants its own episode. We've talked about this before. Like, And we will. <laughs> there's a lot to unpack in yes. that. Yeah, so just we're just barely touching on this, but that is a lie. You cannot have everything and you cannot be everything. It is a lie. It won't work. Yeah, that's like if you go to the book section of Target and you look at the end cap, the oh entire gosh. end cap is yeah. those types of books. Yeah we're always going to fail. And so that's what I mean. Like I'm only one person. I'm, I, I have to choose, I have to choose my, my audience of one, you know, I'm not, and I'm not saying Michael jumps the line above my relationship with the Lord. I'm talking about after that, Michael jumps the line of everybody else. Right. So he is, he is my person. He's my go-to. He's the one that I talk to about everything and we work through everything and we process through everything because it's our life together. That's the only time when cutting in line is okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. When when we said I do to each other, it's I do to you, not I do to you and, and everybody else in the family. <laughs> it's just not the way it works. It will always ca- cause friction. And anytime that we have tried to do that in our marriage, which has been several times where we're trying to make everybody happen, happy. It has made us miserable, absolutely miserable. It's not good because we're sacrificing our relationship that God has ordained. We're sacrificing that to please other people. And that's not what it's about. It's about him and I, and we have to make sure that we prioritize that and feed that first and then we can then give of ourselves to other people, whatever is left. It's it's just a reality of being human. Yeah. And if, if you're lucky, you have people in your life that understand this right away. However, for most people's cases, you're not going to be that lucky. You're probably going to have to actually sit down at some point during some blow up and have a conversation about boundaries and expectations hmm. for what our relationship as a group is going to be. So like if you have somebody who calls every day or like wants to be involved in, you know, as a third party in every decision, you're going to have to talk to that parent of like, look, my wife and I, or my husband and I are going to, we're going to decide this on our own. I hope you agree. And I hope you, you know, 
hope you know can that, understand. Yeah, and the the thing is like a lot of parents, it's like you know take peace in the fact that you know you raise your kids well to make good decisions, and those decisions will continue to be good. I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like you're gonna have to have a hard conversation potentially, and that's okay because the fruit from that is gonna be helpful. Yeah. It's gonna I, be good. I was actually on a on a totally different subject, but I was telling a friend that I feel like over the past just shy of two years, you and I have had some very difficult, vulnerable conversations. And those conversations have just brought us so much closer together and have really produced so much fruit in our marriage. Like we have become closer in so many ways because of having really hard conversations and people are scared to have hard conversations because they're hard. But the beautiful thing about those conversations is that it has such potential to produce something amazing. I mean, it could be a parent that's like, I had no idea that you didn't want that. They're totally oblivious. They're just, they're trying to love you and they're trying to care for you, but that's the way that they know how, and they don't know until you tell them, you know, it's just like for your, for kids, like they don't know that this, especially at a young age, you have to teach them right from wrong. They don't know they're doing wrong unless you tell them. So you have to communicate those boundaries and talk about those expectations because, you know, you could have a parent or an in-law be like, oh, I thought that that our relationship would look like this. And in reality, you'd be like, that's a great thought. But, you know, for us, that's not how we see it. How can we have a happy medium? Where can we make some compromises where we're not compromising on our marriage, but we are finding a, a healthy medium to where we can, you know, be in that, be in that space. Because, you know, I think it's important to talk about where, where you can like figure out not necessarily to make everybody happy because you're going to have to make sacrifices, but how do you, how do you navigate that? How do you kind of, like I said, find that happy medium for, well, it's not really going to look like you want it to look. So let's maybe talk about how we can shift those expectations a little bit, I think. Yeah. And I think it's also important to note that you may kind of get the feeling like we're saying exclude your parents from your marriage, but that's not at all what we're trying to say. I'm just kind of wanting to like, I think we need to actually say this actually, but please involve your parents in your lives. Like they can like make sure there's an open conduit to have them feel comfortable enough to speak into your life, even regarding marriage. Your parents have valuable input and you want their input to continue and not to be shut off. But we're, you know, we're just saying like, you know, husband or wife first and then parents second, but very valuable as well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Don't, don't exclude your parents. I think with everybody's situation, there will have to be different boundaries. So it's not a one size fits all. And you could, you know, approach a parent or an in-law and say, Hey, I'd love to talk about boundaries and how we make this work. Maybe you're living next door to to an in-law or a parent and you're like, this is too much. (laughs) And you just need to, everybody loves Raymond, baby. You just need to, um, kind of lay out some boundaries so that you all can thrive within those boundaries. Boundaries are good. (laughs) We really approve of boundaries. Um, their boundaries are very freeing, very, very freeing. So 
you have this this conversation or you uh, you approach a parent or an in-law and say, hey, I'd love to have this conversation with you. Just because you've asked does not mean that they are going to say yes. It has happened. Just because you asked doesn't mean that they're going to say yes. They Somebody might say, you know what? I don't really feel like we need to have this conversation. You can't force them. You say, okay. And you move on. And then you talk about that with your spouse. And maybe you just go situation by situation, um, day by day, how you will address certain things, depending on how, like geographically, how close family is. But, you know, I just, I also want to say that just because you asked does not mean that it's going to happen. But I definitely think that is like a sign of an olive branch thing. I would really love for this relationship to thrive. So, hey, can we talk about it? And they may, they may be dying to talk about it, but they didn't want to step on your toes and be like, yes, so I'm yeah. so glad you asked. Um, and, and that's a really great way to honor a parent or an in-law is to say, I really want to hear what you think. I really want to see how we can make this relationship thrive and work well together. Yeah. I, mean, I don't really have anything else to add. You covered everything really well. <laughs> So, yeah, so we covered, you know, understand that your role has changed. It's an important thing that you also have limits. And if you have the opportunity to talk about boundaries and expectations, it's a really, really good, good thing to do. Yeah, it seems hard at first, but you'll get better at it and everyone is better off for it. Trust oh, me, for sure. as a guy who like runs away from all conflict if possible, <laughs> after a while you get, you can get better at it and it's it's not conflict necessarily. It's just like. Just setting ground rules or whatever. feels like friction. Yeah. Yeah. With all of that said, we do want to let you know what the challenge is this week. So in the next seven days, we would love for you to have a checkup with your spouse about prioritizing family relations. And we have three questions you can ask yourself and talk about with your spouse. Is my spouse the first person I want to talk to about stuff, whatever it is? Do I defend my spouse when someone speaks ill of him or her? And lastly, do I choose my spouse above any other person? Those are really great conversation starters and three great questions to ask just to, like I said, have a checkup with your spouse and, and see where you stand with family relations. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> it's like a little quiz, like yeah. a weird quiz. <laughs> a weird quiz. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much for coming week in and week out. We love y'all. You the best. Yeah. Bye.